Welcome to episode 151 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hadamio. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary. <laughs> I know my cat Ooh. is under the table. It's frisky. It's a frisky little cat. She's tell, in heat again. tell me about your week, what? Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like this is, this, I watched Wedding Crashers last night. And I feel like this is the scene of Wedding Crashers when she's jerking him off Vince Farr uh. off the table. <laughs> it's like what's uh. happening under the table. You're like, uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, oh, I took my kids to Orlando this weekend for thanks after Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving night. And I uh, had a great Thanksgiving at my brother's. I had so much fun hanging out with everybody. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. I didn't. I left there and I was very proud of myself because I didn't say the word podcast one time, which is not normal for me. I'm always like, well, on the podcast, I uh, talk about this. And I even talked about voting and I talked about um, elections and a little bit about Trump and to somebody who doesn't is not involved and not really interested and blah, 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 blah. And I was trying to convince him of why he should be interested. And I not once mentioned, I said, well, this is kind of what I do all the time. I talk about this all the time. And I didn't once say podcast. I was very proud of myself. I know we should probably promote ourselves all over the place, but I think the people in my family are probably tired of hearing. (laughs) You know, I know why I'm tired of this podcast is because I was on the infectious groove podcast. I put it up like, you know, promoted it on my social media. And my mom called me Monday after and she's like, I just want to tell you. This is how my mom talks. I just want to tell you. She's always out of breath. Like we just ran a marathon. She's just doing nothing. I just want to tell you. I'm so proud of you. I listened to your guest spot on that podcast. I said, oh, the music one? Yeah. You sound so much like you know what you're talking about. You sound like an expert. I go, well, you know I do a podcast every single week. So I don't know. Maybe check that one out. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like an expert. I was like, yeah, I'm a fucking expert. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Well, your parents don't listen, do they? My dad still goes, oh, yeah. How's the radio? Uh, He doesn't know. Yeah, the radio show. He doesn't know what a podcast is. Who need, you know, it's only a download number that I, I need, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. I know. It. I did I did set up his phone so it like just automatically downloads every week, but he yeah. does not even oh, that's know. Good. Like, we get the download yeah, number. Yeah, we get the download number from him. <laughs> that's good. Um, but I don't know, he's never played it or heard it. Yeah. Neither has my mom. Yeah. You know what? It's probably for the best. I mean I'm like, whatever. Uh, what I are mean, you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I, I go back and listen to some of these things. I'm like, I can't believe, I can't believe the shit that I fucking say on here. I can't believe it. And then I'm like, you know, meeting people that I haven't met in a long time or I've never met at all. And the first thing that someone introduces me and they say, oh, she has a podcast. And I'm like, fuck, don't tell people that. Like, I don't want them to be like, there have been people who are like, oh, what is it? And I give them the name. And the next time I see them, they don't mention it at all. And I was like, yeah, because they listen and I'm a lunatic. And they didn't realize it. We were having a very pleasant face-to-face conversation that I'm a fucking animal on here. No, 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 no. Don't. Don't tell people that I have a podcast. I don't want them to get the wrong impression of me. And then, so then. We only want strangers listening. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was told like, no, no, you're really funny on there. That's who, that's who you are. And I was like, it is? It's so funny. (laughs) And I was like, oh shit. It's really shocking. It's like holding a mirror up to yourself every week. And I don't want to, I don't like what I see sometimes. I don't know. I, you know, I rarely, 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 rarely listen. Yeah. I mean, I listen when I, obviously, because I edit the video. Yeah. And so, like, but after that. Done. Yeah. 
I can't do it. Me I don't too. Know why. I mean, listening to the, going through the audio, you know, I used to just skip around to the parts where I was like, okay, I knew there was a mess up here yeah. and I'll edit it out. And I add every, like all the, the, the clips in and everything. But yeah, I can't, I can't live. There's parts where I'm just like, oh God, is she done yet? <laughs> and then I keep going. And then also, and then, the, and I'm like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. No. <laughs> oh my God. They better start caring. I, I listen. Well, I mean, you know, I, I did listen to my appearance on Infectious Groove. And at the end, I told you at the end, he's like, talk about your show again. I was like, oh, we're adorable. <laughs> and then I was like, well, to get serious, can I just get political for a moment? And he said, yeah. I said, I just want people to participate in the democracy. And that's what I told yeah. this, this young man at Thanksgiving. I was like, listen, you know, I don't care how you vote. But the more of us that are actually participating, we might have more of a say in what happens. Yeah. And it's not just them telling us how it's going to be. It's us telling yeah. them how it's going to be, which is the point. Right. You know, it's our government. They're working for us. So, like, you know, participate for that reason. Participate because, you know, like, look at, I think we talked about this over chat, mm -hmm. text, whatever, about DeSantis. Oh, um, yeah. Who, he's not going to resign. Like, yeah. He's going to put that inside. That he, <laughs> the rule is if you run for office, you have to resign your current resign seat. Resign to run. But we you know when you have a dictator, that doesn't work. Yeah. So now Which he's going to be able to keep his seat. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's uh, because I was just talking about How this. How is he even going to do his job if he's on the campaign trail? Yeah. Like you're never around. No. So we well, have he hasn't been around, by the way. Let's be I honest. Know. He's been around for the last two years. He's been campaigning. He's been getting right. money all over the state. I mean, all over the country. It's ridiculous. I was just talking about this yesterday at lunch. I went to lunch with our friend Josh and his girlfriend, Brooke. Aww. Lovely, lovely when I was in Orlando. And we were talking about this. By the way, they live in Maxwell Frost District and Anna Eskamani's <gasps> district. I'm like, I oh, fucking hate you. I want to live the there. the two luckiest people Oh, on we're the at planet. lunch. And Brooke's like, yeah, you never know. Anna could walk in here. This is a place <gasps> she comes to eat. And I was like, fuck. I, said, <laughs> I was even, I told him, I said, I was driving around Orlando going, just knowing Anna Eskamani's nearby, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm in the presence of greatness. She's amazing. She's amazing. amazing. So, um, but I was telling them about the resign to run and how now this is something that the Republicans are floating in Tallahassee is to change this law. It's a Florida thing. And we've talked about it on the podcast before because when a local U.S. Congressman yeah. Alcee Hastings died, no less than eight sitting yeah. uh, Democrats resigned their seats from school board to county commission right. to Florida House seats right. to run for that seat. They all left their seats, which meant that it was open for DeSantis to appoint people to yep. those positions, which Amazing. he did. And all those people's had, people had, and I don't, I think he set the election for the Alcee Hastings seat like eight or nine months after Alcee Hastings died right. so that there was no representation in Congress for that district for like eight or nine months. It yep. was a big deal. So he manipulated it to where his, to his advantage when he wanted to. And now for him to not have to resign right. to run, which was a big thing. My mom kept saying to me, don't worry, he's going to have to resign to run. And I'm like, for, I no. just, yeah, they're going to change it. They're going to change it for him. And I wonder if how they're going to change it. Are they going to change it for all offices? They'll are get they rid of it. Are they going to pick and choose with some? Or are they going to just do it for this and then change it back? You know what I mean? Like, what are they, what I are think they they'll doing? get rid of it. And the reason I, I am 90% sure, I want to say 99%, but I'm 90% sure the reason it exists in the first place is this. If someone continues to sit in their seat and doesn't step down, then and uh, then they can just go back to their job, right? right. And so it's, uh, first of all, it's a conflict because they're running, they're, they're not doing right. their work. They're not doing right? their work. Like right. you're running, especially if you're running for a statewide seat, you're you're going all over the right. place. But it also trips into a special election, right? Which then costs taxpayers money. Like if they do have to, if they do lose, then we have to have a special election for right. governor and it'll be a whole other thing. So it's like, 
one way or the other, right. it's going to be a mess for taxpayers and for Floridians. But Ugh, like I said, he, such a d- it all, it, but it, but, but like my prediction that he will be our next president of the United States, oh, it's please. all, the stars are aligning and they don't have to pass that law. They don't have to. He could, he could resign, and I think he'll still win. It'll be a whole thing. He just wants to have that name recognition. He wants to right. say, well, and he wants you know, to ensure, yeah, trusting, you know, because now Kanye that he doesn't lose Kanye's that job. back in the race. Like, what are we doing? I mean, he Ugh. got. Remember last time, like it was like seventy thousand votes, but seventy thousand people, idiots. Seventy thousand election in Florida, seventy thousand yeah. votes. Seventy thousand people. Oh my god! Are like I'm gonna check this box. Somebody like, really. I'm somebody sorry. at Thanksgiving said I just want Dwayne Johnson, and I was like, Is oh, that the Rock? Yeah, and yeah, he goes, yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh, oh yeah, that's a thing. That's All right, thing. let's go with the Rock. Yeah, just, like we're already I, a fucking joke anyway. And it, by the way, isn't he busy making a, a too many fucking movies to run for president? The and, fuck out of here. Uh, listen, people. <laughs> oh, Tina's going to get serious. Listen, celebrity, just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean that you have brain power to handle mm. running anything. I don't understand this like thing about America that just because you have money or, you know, a uh, celebrity somehow that makes you qualified for anything, like just because you're famous. And I feel like it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so you memorize some lines. Like, good for you. You did a great job. Get 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 out. You're already in the spotlight. Get, like, get, get out. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Like, we need, God, like, your ego is big enough. We need uh, college-educated, passionate oh my people God. with their, on the right side. I mean, we don't again, have time for this I, bullshit. No, and yesterday, Alfredo was telling me yesterday something. It was it was from a TikTok that he saw. I forgot who he said it was, but it's like anytime a conservative woman woman starts to argue about why she votes, like a woman starts arguing about Ugh. why she votes GOP, remind her of the things that she has because of liberals and feminists, which is you can have your own credit card. Yeah, you don't have to get married. Uh, you don't have to, you don't need your husband to sign off on a loan for you. Right. Your name is on the permission property. to get a job. Yeah, you can be on the house. You you can go to the doctor freely without your husband being informed by the doctor of what is happening with can you. You, you know what I mean? Like you could go to college. Yeah. You could you know. There's tons of things that women and and Democrats fought for you to be able to have. But but they don't want that. Like I've seen some of these videos where they they're obedient. Like they're that's obedient and thing. they want. They want the husband to take care of everything. They want to just do. Yeah. Until his secre- until his 20 yeah. year old secretary starts sucking his dick. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're out and he's got new, new mommy. Yeah. And then what are new, you going to do? New how, family. Gonna, how are you going to get a job? Yeah. Then now you're yelling at the manager of fucking Kmart. Cause he's not giving you your socks fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> hey, yo, there was oh another shooting. God. Yeah. Uh, I'm fucking over this. And you know, because of the shooting in Colorado Springs, I was going to cover the pulse shooting and I was reading and reading and reading, and I was like, I can't do, yeah. I can't even get through reading about it without sobbing. Fuck this. Like, I can't cover this. Yeah. That was crazy what was happening in there. No, and I, no, you know, you forget the details of what happened there. And here, the same thing. Well, and I put a post up that was just like AR 15. It was all of them, and it's like AR 15, AR 15, AR 15, AR 15. And I understand this whole uh, twisting of the Second Amendment and your right to bear arms, um, but they take it completely out of context of, like, a new nation and, you know, like, they take it all out of context. But AR-15s, like, fine, have your handgun. You want to have some protection? 
have a handgun, have it safely secured. But like, can we start with AR-15s? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand. And I feel like, is it, is it, is it also like a lot of these people? Cause I think some are like ex-military, but I think also some of these people are like the people who couldn't get in the military and they right. just want those damn guns in right. their hand. P.S. Which was the guy from Orlando. I forgot yeah. that he had tried to go into, yeah. he tried to be a police officer like four times yeah. and kept getting rejected. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's and like then he was, like and then that. he finally got a job as a security guard with G4S, which is a security guard company here. Yeah. And they said he passed the psychological. And then when they were start, when the state, ended up finding them a ton of money because when they started going reviewing all of their things, there was no psychologist that actually signed off on these things so they could get guns. Wow. Yeah. And they had tons of fines levied on them Ugh. because they weren't actually following the process of how this guy got a gun. Yeah. But even in Florida, you don't, if you're selling like private owner to private owner, mm. you don't have to do a background check. You nope. don't have to do anything. Nope. I think I told you the story. I knew someone who told me that she sold like a gun like that out of the trunk of her car. Like, yeah. In Pompano. It's the gun. There's a gun show loophole where if you're selling, if you're a private seller at a, at a gun show, you don't have to even. But people nothing. are just selling it to each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, that's right. Private like, sale is not required to have a background check. You know, and what are you going to do? Like you're making, oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. I need to see your uh, health records. Who's doing right. that? Nobody. So, it's, I mean, you could, if you wanted to sell your gun, sell it to a, a gun shop that right. ha, that is required to do those things. You know, if you want to keep it out of the, out of a bad person's hands and not contribute to any of this, you could say, like, if you are for the second amendment, listen, there are a lot of people who are for the second amendment. I'm for the second amendment. If you're following the fucking rules and we have to have stricter laws, but if you're following the rules and you are about safe gun ownership, I'm for it. I'm okay with it. But you have to, that, you know, there's really people who right. are responsible no, with their there guns. Are, there are. And you can sell it to a gun shop who's, who's under a different, a stricter, you know, set of, set of laws and regulations right. than just selling it out of the trunk of your car. But yeah, that is legal. It's right. completely fucking legal. But now they're like Jesus. moving towards things of like where they don't want the serial number on the guns. Yeah. And like, it's like, well, that's, I don't, I, you know, it's like, yeah. what, what are you doing? That's like, a compromise. Do want to protect people? Yeah, that's a compromise. I think, I think that. Uh, Folks who want gun bans, gun uh, guns banned, and then the folks who want them elite, made legal in, in every, I think there has to be a middle ground, there and one of them we is have a, to start somewhere. There has to be a national gun registry, and if you're, you shouldn't be trying to hide the guns you have because you're afraid the government's going to come take them or whatever <laughs> your deal is. Like you, if you are a uh, someone who is a uh, responsible gun owner and you use it for whatever right. XYZ reasons is that's why you want a gun for protection, for hunting, for whatever your reasonings are. I, and I really right? don't think people you should, should be okay be with that being on a list and like, these are the guns that he has big fucking deal. Right. Why, why not? Well, I mean, I, I really don't think people should be stockpiling weapons anyway. Like there should be, you shouldn't be able to have 15 AR 15s in a shed in your backyard. You really, so, you, why do you have an arsenal? Like there I should mean, be some regulation on that too. I agree. I think that they should be illegal, but I, but I, but I'll say this the same way. I don't want them regulating my body by saying this person get an abortion and this person can't in this timeline. I don't want to also tell people that too. There should be rules of how many, but they shouldn't be regulating the same way they shouldn't regulate our bodies. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know, but this is like a weapon, not someone's I, body, but it it also could destroy someone's life. Right, forcing them to have a have a baby. No, no, no. I'm saying the gun thing. Like, I yeah. feel like the regulation. Like, uh, regulate the fuck out of it. I don't care. But so, I I understand because I'm saying, like a, a weapon is a weapon, a body is a body. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but they're still trying to overregulate that law, overregulate that yeah. idea of abortion. Just like oh, oh, I see what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? So like, if they want to say 
just having these steps oh by this by this many weeks you can't have an abortion you can't have this many guns right we got to come to a middle ground there with with, not with abortion fuck you yeah not with abortion (laughs) not when it comes to abortion guns are different it's like you don't i don't i don't think a regular human being needs a fucking shed full of weapons i don't either especially military grade i think first thing is anything military grade off the fucking streets. Agreed. Can we start there? Agreed. And then Agreed. <laughs> yes. let's just start there. You can have, if you want to have a, a million shotguns, I don't know. But like, I, don't I know. agree. These AR-15s, man. It's but like if you you're start saying, to go anywhere. But the conversation's over if we start saying all of these, you can only have two guns. Like right. that, they're never coming to the table with that. Oh, no, no, You know no, what no, I mean? No. So there's got to be something else, some other fucking way where we can all live with some sort of compromise. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, uh, five people lost their lives there. And it was an array of people uh, that I think is very, should be, should be talked about. One of the victims was a mother who's a straight woman, has an 11 year old daughter, had an 11 year old daughter. She's now gone, but uh, who was out shopping with her friends and went there to have a drink afterwards, like after dinner, having a drink with her friends at this club. Like it was an array of people yeah. that this person was trying to harm the LGBTQ community, but doesn't understand that We're those all connected. Yeah. And those safe spaces are for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the way that they invade and take, just inject terror and fear into a community that is already afraid. It's already every day, What the second they walk out the door, they're taking their lives in their hands every single day just by living and being who they are. And, and as a fucking terrorist, you want to go into the one place that they can go and feel safe. But, and then, then what was it? Two days later, there was another shooting yes. at that Walmart. And it was a Walmart manager opened fire inside the, like the break room. Yeah. Holy shit. No, it's, it's, there's no, I feel like there's nowhere safe. No, it, there isn't. And I have to tell you, so I, you know, I did go see Hamilton and Mm. anytime I'm in any space that is big Mm. and crowded, same, I'm scanning and I'm thinking, okay, like what I was with my son and I was like, okay, I could like, I could push my son down and he could, you know, maybe fit or crawl or you know, it made me very anxious. And especially mm-hmm. because I was in the middle and I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to have to like jump over people right? if something happened here. And I, we sh- I shouldn't have to think that way when I'm going into any space. But I yeah. was thinking like, where would I go? How? But they check all the bags and there's a metal detector. Like, and that too is like, what are we doing? I we're know. walking through metal detectors but to go to the theater. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. It's, an, it's a beautiful theater. Like you're walking in there. It's yeah. fucking gorgeous. And it's like, hold on a second. We got to scan you down. I mean, one of the things when I was, when I was, when I was reading stuff about, about the pulse shooting so that I could possibly cover it, which I I got, I again, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do, but I didn't realize, or maybe I'd forgotten that detail that a lot of uh, these, the folks that did die there died in the bathrooms because he then took people hostage. Yeah. Holy shit. And, and another thing that they talked about that they changed in law enforcement in Florida after that is the amount of time the police wait to go in. Right. And how they talked about the lives that could have been saved if they had entered the building. Like just, and we saw and the with, difference uh, with Uvalde. Yeah. And the difference with the Colorado Springs is that folks in the building took the matter into their own hands, yep. which has probably saved a ton of lives yes. there. A yeah. ton of I lives. I mean, they risked their, I mean, they risked their lives. 
Yeah, to, to jump say, on this person. To, to, to jump on this person. And that was the thing I saw a lot about, about like, the cops at Uvalde and how long mm. they stood outside, all of them armed. You know, like, nobody, like, was brave enough to go in. It just... But like you've said before in the podcast, they know the caliber of weapon they're right. dealing with inside right. that building. They hear that pop, pop, pop yeah, happening and inside. they're like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Ugh. Over children's lives that they've been sworn to protect. Oh my God. It's just, it's too much. It's and I, and much. also I'd like to briefly, very briefly mention, because it's not a fucking excuse and it's not a defense, that this kid, this fucking murderer in Colorado Springs, his family is super fucking MAGA. Yeah. They had an interview his with the father. Is, his grandfather's like an elected yeah. MAGA fucking lunatic. Yeah. And his father seems a little bit mentally off to me, uh, in my opinion, if oh, you watch I the interviews. And he was just he was, scared. I thought he was maybe the only uh, thing drinking. He was, the only thing he was something. afraid of is that he thought his son might be gay. Yeah. Not that he Not that actually he murdered shot up people. people. Yeah. It's such a fucked up mentality oh and why God. it's very, 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 very important, like we've mentioned before in the podcast, to discuss these issues with your children. Yeah. Tell your children where you stand on things. Be honest that you support the LGBTQ community. You're okay with them if they ever come to, the, if they ever realize or, or come to this realization that they're gay, which they already know, believe me, but right. if they have, that they, you are there as a safe space for them to talk to you. And that you will always be that 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 is where you are, and that that's how you feel about the LGBTQ community. Let they have them to feel, know they have to feel safe. They have don't to be feel embarrassed safe. if they ask you what gay sex is. Tell them who gives a shit. What do you want to find out from little Johnny down the street? <laughs> who cares? They're curious. Children are curious beings. Yep. Just be honest. They will appreciate. My son is asking me about sex questions all the time. All the time. <laughs> he literally came in there and goes, can we talk about the birds and the bees? I'm like, this oh. motherfucker's put me on the spot. And then he wanted to know if you can get pregnant by having sex in the butt. Oh. And I said, no, you can't. Ding. <laughs> what else do you want to know? What else? I don't know. He's curious. He's going to ask me or he's going to ask Google. Right. And when he puts it in Google, shit's going to come yep. up that I don't want him to look at anyway. So right. what, the, what am I going to do? If this is a question your kids are at, like, I don't know. I think my son is uh, very comfortable talking to me. A little, yeah. Maybe a little too uncomfortable for my no, days. But I, but I like, mean, my kids will ask me things too. And maybe not as directly as that, but they do ask stuff. And I think it's I think it's important to have those it conversations. Is, these are the ages. This is the age they're going to find and out. I, I never asked my mother anything. No. I had a sister, an older sister that I could be like, what is this? What is this? What no, is this? No, I had nobody. Yeah. I mean, so just tell them, but it's not, I, I know I didn't mean to get into a sex talk, but yeah. tell them how you feel. Tell them where you stand. Tell them that this is a terrible thing and that guns shouldn't be this readily available. Right. Let your kids know where you stand. It's Okay. And it's important because there's MAGA people, believe me, they're raising their kids to feel this way yep. about gay people yep. for some fucking reason. What is it? I don't get what it. What is I it that they're so it. obsessed with? You know what they're, I think it is? It's a freedom in their lives to be to be able to live freely of who, with who they are. And these people, they're always, they're, 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 there's something there's missing. There's they're, something yes, repressed. Yes, it's a repressed something. something. Something's fucked up about them. Yeah. And they can't stand to see other people happy living their lives freely. They can't stand it. And there's something, you know, and the other issue... I really want to, and I didn't want to bring up the race issue with this, mm. but the fact of the matter is it's just white people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's a good something point. is going on with white people. They're paranoid. There is something fucked up. We are a violent 
race of people. Yeah. And, and it's always when we are the most threatened that we turn to violence. That's how we've always been it's, successful. Yeah, it's disgusting. Right? That's how we took this country through violence. And I, and, and that's like, how we won elections. Look right. at cooping, right? Yeah. Like that's how we, everything is with that. Everything yeah. is about violence and holding other people back. It's, there's never any goodness to it no. to hold people down. And it's when we're the most threatened. And I don't know if, and if why like do we white people raise- are the mi- minority now in America, but I think we're basically on the, on the verge of it. And with the progression of like Obama being elected, we are at the tipping point. And, and when I say DeSantis is going to end it, this is it. He will bring the full force of like white supremacy Ugh. to the white house, Can't which has God. been there all along anyway, right. but it will, it will, it will bring it to it a be head. overt. Yeah. And it, it's really going to happen. I mean, this is like, oh I mean, in Georgia, the running ads of like white people are threatened. Oh I mean, my God. we're at, we're at the brink of it all. We're at it's, the brink. I can't, you know, my, I, I always feel like, and I've said this before, but my husband and I were talking the other day. <laughs> and, our, third, um, our third our, host. Our third host. Um, and, and he really thinks that America needs to split. He's like the, that the country is so divisive and we're never going to find that common ground. And he's like, you know, the country just needs to move into two separate countries. Mm. And he's like, and, and that, I still have some hope. I still yeah. have some hope that we he's can get like, back together. Let them have, you know, the, they'll have the South. We can have the Northeast, you know, because I was like, how would things split up? Like, and, you know, we're kind of going through certain states, like, you know, because I'm like, well, they're going to have the whole middle and the South. Yeah. We'll maybe have the Northeast and California. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, California is going to be like way by itself over there, surrounded by cuckoos. Like us. And we're, they're, we're, we're, we are cuckoos. Yeah, no, no, we, we'd we're have out. to leave. Yeah, yeah, we'd have to leave this, the, the new country of whatever Florida will land into. DeSantis land. <laughs> oh, my God. But, and then I was like thinking, okay, well then we would have access to water, but then farmland is out, you know, like mm-hmm. there's so much to think about if you were going to destroy a country and create two, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So girl, uh, it's an idea. <laughs> I mean, I still have hope it would, would, to come to a breaking point. Someone's going to rise up and who will that be? You gotta rise up, you have to, somebody will, somebody, yeah. it will be somebody. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe that person isn't even born yet. We don't know. Yeah. But somebody will rise up and be our be our fucking beacon of hope that more than Democrats will get behind. Yeah. And, and we'll be able to squash this. And all of those fucking cockroaches from the fucking uh, white white supremacists, like the Proud Boys, will have to run back to shelter and hide. Please. You know, who they are and uh. what, they, what they believe because they can't, they'll be fucking shamed back to their hiding space places. Ugh. Like they have been for, for a long time. Good, go back, go back under yeah. the- We don't the, need this. The rock that you crawled out of. Fucking pieces of shit. God. <sighs> Who's first? You. Oh. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Ooh, good grief. Oh my God. Ugh. So, um, well, you know, I did take the kids to medieval times and I got to tell you at sporting events. I'm a lunatic. Like I become a fucking monster. Oh, do you? And so we had, we got the blue night who is where I wanted. We wanted, the I've, blue I've never been to oh, this my place. God, it's so fun. But I'll tell you what, I'm screaming. I got my flag. I'm fucking waving it. <laughs> and I like, finally, when you get to the end where they're jousting and like, who's going to be like they're they go through rounds of like, who's going to be the fucking knight that wins. And our knight gets to the end and I'm like screaming. I'm like, you mother. <laughs> 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 like, 
like I'm screaming. Are your, how are your kids reacting to Oh, this? they love it. They're screaming. <laughs> I love it. I was so mad, but it was so good. And he lost, but I was pissed. Oh, no. You know, but listen. <laughs> anyway. So it's like a, it's like a, whole, it's like a whole dinner and, and yeah. like a jousting show. Yeah. That sounds really cute. It's fucking great. And we walked in. My kids are like, mm, I forgot what it smells like. I'm like, it's a little undertones of horse manure happening while you're eating. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Who cares? No big deal. Okay. Today. I'm covering the 101st Senator, Bobby Baker. Bobby Baker? Bobby Baker. Bobby. <laughs> Short, sweet, but so much fun. Okay. Oh, yay. So Bobby Baker was born in Pickens, South Carolina, November 12th, 1928, and he was the son of the town postmaster. Aww. He attended Pickens Elementary and High School until he was 14 when he received an appointment as a U.S. Senate page with the help of Harold E. Holder. Wow. In 1942, Baker became a page for Senator Burnett Maybank and quickly became friends with several important Democrats, but we are talking about yeah. Dixiecrats, right? The old time. Yeah. And when Lyndon Johnson was elected into the Senate in 1948, so now Baker is 20, John Connolly, who was a senator, took Baker in to introduce him to Senator-elect Johnson. According to Bobby, when he met Lyndon Johnson, he said, quote, Johnson jumped up and said, Mr. Baker, they tell me you're the smartest son of a bitch over here. Ooh. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, well... Whoever told you that lied. I said, <laughs> I know all that stuff on our side. I know who the drunks are and I know who's good, whose word is good. Oh. He said, you're the man I want to know. Wow. So they became great friends. Oh my He would co God. come to be known as Little Lyndon. <laughs> and he became the eyes and ears in the Senate for the man he would refer to simply as leader. Now we all, you know, you got to go back and listen to when oh. Tina covered Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> he was a maniac. He yeah. would be in someone's face. Yeah. I forgot what they called it, but they called it something. And like, he was intimidating. He was tall, but he was like, he'd push people. Like he'd put their finger, yeah. you know, he was like a monster. And this guy's like, <laughs> I want to be just like you. <laughs> <laughs> As majority leader, the Texas Senator never wanted to be on the wrong side of a vote. And Baker developed an uncanny knack of giving him a, him a pre precise head count for any upcoming tally. Huh. Uh, Johnson said, quote, about Baker, he is the first person I talked to in the morning and the last one at night. So he's oh. really important to Johnson. For his part, Mr. Baker made it fairly clear he would do anything to curry favor with Johnson. He copied his mentor's clothes and mannerisms and named two of his children after the senator. What? <laughs> yes. It's that BDE, baby. Oh, that God, BDE. Johnson with the BDE. Yeah. Damn. As Johnson, what is that like? I, I wonder. Don't know. God, and there are women who have it. I mean, yeah, BVE, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put with a question mark. Uh, like, could that be our title? I mean, BVE. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> President John F. Kennedy once referred to the young aide as the 101st senator. After Senator McFarland became the majority leader and Senator Johnson the whip, Johnson talked Senator McFarland into making Baker the assistant secretary for the majority, and he quickly, quickly became Johnson's protege, and he was eventually promoted to secretary to the majority leader in 1953, who at the time was a Democrat, um, and this was his the highest-ranking official position in the Senate. Wow. Yeah. So prior to when Baker resigned, he was a major power on Capitol Hill. He had amassed all this power from, Oof. you know, 
the way he knows how people are going to vote is he goes to them and he you yeah. know finds out and then if it's a what if it's not the way that you know Johnson wanted he'd figure out what he can do to, to like make to that to ha- make that way. happen wow. right so he wow, and wow, he's wow. like absorbing secrets and he knows like he 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 eventually writes this memoir and in the memoir it's like like later on I mean, he's spilling the beans on everybody. This Ooh. person fuck, was fucking a secretary. This person was a major drunk. This person was doing this. I mean, it's Ooh. fucking wild what he fucking what he spilled out everywhere. So one of the places he got a lot of this information was a place called the Quorum Club, and he mixed there. He would mix uh, politics with personal business and he was one of the initiators and the treasurer of the quorum club located in the carol arms hotel adjacent to the senate office building and the society was a place for lawmakers and other influential men to meet for food and drinks and and uh, ladies and away from the press that was constantly downstairs in the hotel lobby so baker contends that quote the quorum club of all things i was involved in in in, it is the most insignificant thing. It was, lo- but I don't think that that's true yeah. at all. It was located in the Carroll Arms Hotel. When they first put it together, they asked me to get attorney Ernie Tucker to draw up the papers, which he did. The Quorum Club was a place where a guy wanted to get away, you know, from being at the bar downstairs at the Carroll Arms, uh-huh. where there are too many reporters and too many gawkers. It was an easy place for a lobbyist to get together with a senator uh-huh. or a senator's girlfriend. I was very close to the administrative assistants and le- legislative assistants. I would say 90% of them were like me. We all had girlfriends and the quorum club was a place that you could be met there and nobody uh, would know about it. It was Ooh, a social everybody club. Is Everybody's sp- watching though, right? Yeah, but everyone, there, you know, so much was getting spilled in the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Club. One time I was there. So then he talks about this woman that was there. So one time I was there with Ellen Romench. Um, who, she was at his table and she was as pretty as Elizabeth Taylor, which she was in the pictures. Of her. She's gorgeous. She was married to a sergeant in the German army, but stationed at their embassy in Washington. And she was sort of like me. She was ambitious and she'd come from Germany and she was broke and quote. Okay. So Baker Uh-oh. alleged that one of president Kennedy's best friends and his wingman, a lobbyist named Bill Thompson was there too. And he came over to Baker and he said, where in the hell did you meet this beautiful girl? about Ellen and Bill Thompson asked me if she could go have dinner with the president uh-huh. so I arranged for Ellen oh, Romich to go to Bill Thompson's God. apartment and he took her to the White House on many occasions end quote oh I'm sure and as a youth can in you Germany imagine that? yeah can you imagine you're sitting somewhere and you're so like beautiful mm. that someone's like excuse yeah. me the president just you know yeah. wants to meet with you a minute why don't you, you come know to the White House means. and blow the president yeah <laughs> I mean, what would you say? All right. If it's Kennedy, if it's Johnson, no, (laughs) if it's Obama. Oh my God, please. If it's Trump, (laughs) Trump, I would know. Can you imagine? Oh Uh, God. Oh my God. Uh, uh. Oh, that's that's why he's lucky. He's rich. No one wants to touch that old pecker. Oh my God. Old putty, white putty. That's why he's like, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a rapist. No, no, it's really bad. Uh, like he's so fucking disgusting. I can't. When I saw that thing, I'm running for president again. <laughs> what the? And then and then Kanye's there with a white supremacist. Oh, what no. are these people doing? What are they doing? And it's the white supremacist, like ha ha ha, like I'm over here. These idiots, like it's so uh, fucked up. It's the it's bizarre. But you know what? Just like I, I predicted this too on the podcast. <laughs> I remember. And maybe I'll be wrong about Trump because he's different than, than Sarah Palin. But just like after that election, 
you know, Sarah Palin then came back out two oh, years later God. and the steam had kind of come out of the whole thing. Yeah. And she was like, I'm running, I might, I might run for president. And yeah. she opened a pack and people were putting millions of dollars in there. And then she was like, just kidding. And like took the money and ran. Like, I feel like the same thing here. It's like, he's, a, he's, he's running, but the steam has kind of come out yeah. of it. And it's kind of now a sad sideshow of like what, I mean, listen, he could possibly still make a, I mean, who knows? It's still early, but it doesn't seem like the same oomph that that was there the last time right i mean the only thing i worry about is that all the people with the republicans who are turning on him mm-hmm. um if for whatever reason he wins a primary yeah they'll all end up backing yeah, him again. they will they I will mean, that, yeah. right because they don't care about the country i think that's why it's been so quiet with them too so they're yeah. just waiting to see what happens yeah. God. Instead of actually using their power to be like, we're not going to be involved with this clown anymore. I mean, but then they, I mean, look, they run that Herschel Walker. Like, they don't give a shit. Ooh, uh, I they mean, give this, a, and that this guy, guy, I mean. Holy moly. Holy moly. It's fucking wild. It's crazy. I've watched interviews and I'm like, humming, humming, what? How? How? And it's like. This is someone can't who, put a sentence together. I can't believe that, it, one, that it's this close. Two, yeah, you can't <laughs> put a sentence together. This is someone that's going to make decisions about how you live. What are they doing? I don't get it. Like, just because someone is famous, like, go be famous somewhere else. Like, uh, but not in our personal Walker. Herschel Walker should be signing football cards. Is he a football player? I don't should know. Should be playing fo- signing football cards at a goddamn convention center yes. in, in Hoboken, New Jersey. Yes. You know what I mean? That's what he's let supposed the, to be doing. Let him have a good life. Yeah. What, why are you, why He shouldn't he be following the in the trail. footsteps of, 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 of John Lewis. And you know what I mean? Like, who, he should be following this? the footsteps of, 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 of Barack Obama, who was the senator. Like, he, he how shouldn't be doing happen? that. How did this even happen? <laughs> I don't know. Like, whose idea was this? But it could, I mean, one day he's like, I'm just going to run for senator. And now he doesn't even live. His, his address is Texas. What? Yeah, it's like that, oh Oz, it's like that whole Oz thing where, like, he has residency in his home state, but then he has a house. He has property in that. It's, the, it's ridiculous. I mean, every time I try to make fun of Herschel Walker, I remember that Scott, Rick Scott and Marco Rubio are my senators and yeah. they're just as fucking dopey. Oh my God. How about Mark- Rick Scott? How about Rick Scott making a run to be the majority leader in this, or the, oh maybe the minority leader God. in the Senate to try to beat McConnell? <laughs> and they put him back in his fucking yeah. place. <laughs> Nobody likes you. You stupid idiot. Nobody likes you. You fucking Voldemort looking uh, motherfucker. Nobody likes you. God, he is, I hate to be mean about like what people no. look like, oh, but please. my God. Please. He is so atrocious. Oh my god! Oh yeah, those he's got the wild, crazy eyes, oh and he's my an, god. an idiot who's destroy. Oh, you know, <laughs> we gotta move on. We're moving on. <laughs> it's my favorite. Okay, so what happens with this this little yeah, munchkin? All right, so this scandal breaks out. But we got to remember, he's closely tied to very powerful people. Yes. So people start to get nervous. They're like, oh, fuck, what's happening? Okay, so here's this one thing that happens. So in 1962, Baker established the Serve You Corporation with his friend, Fred Black. The company was designed to provide vending machines for companies working for programs established under federal grants. Okay. Okay. So through, uh, though, a part of, of new, though a part of numerous other deals involving both politics and private financial affairs, this particular business venture would cause a scandal. In November 1962, electronic microphones in Ed Levinson's office at the Fremont Hotel in Las Vegas picked up references to Baker. Now, Ed Levinson was involved in illegal gambling with questionable folks who might have Italian 
descent. I'm not going <laughs> to say anything else about that. Sorry, Tina. That's okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The hey. FBI, hey, the FBI agent no, who was listening uh, notified FBI Chief J. Edgar Hoover of the references early in 1963 because, quote, I thought it was important for Washington to be aware of the possible political influence of Ed Levinson, end quote. Levinson, I mean, yeah. you imagine. Right. So Levinson and his partner, Benjamin Siegelbaum, uh, arranged with an Oklahoma City bank for a $400,000 startup loan for the Serview Corporation to buy equipment and supplies. Like, Uh-oh. what in the fuck? Uh-oh. Right? Like, this guy Baker's company is getting a loan Uh-oh. from a Oklahoma City, which we know is mafia heavy. Ooh, Watch uh, Casino. <laughs> yes. And, and Levinson's name on it. He's got ties to the mob. Like, Mm-mm. what the fuck is going on? Baker. on this, And this guy, Baker, is huge, Bobby. right? Bobby yeah. Baker. What you up to? Ooh. The Serview Corporation deal became the subject of allegations of conflict of interest in corporation, I mean, in corruption, after a disgruntled former government contractor represented by David Carliner uh, sued Baker and Black in civil court. So now... They fuck somebody over in this and they start to get sued. And now Uh-oh. all this corporate paperwork's coming out and it just blows up in the press. it's going to be public record. Yeah. Oh, God. In September 1963, an investigation was uh, started with the Republican-led Senate Rules Committee into Baker's business and political activities. Baker, Baker was investigated for allegations of bribery, using money allocated by Congress, and arranging sexual favors Ooh. in exchange for votes and government contracts. What? No. That's how he was getting people to vote the way that Johnson wanted him to vote. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Under increasing criticism, <laughs> Baker resigned as secretary to the majority leader on October 7th, 1963. But listen to this. So here's part of the investigation is, according to this New York Times article, quote, how Mr. Baker got on the financial escalator is one of the unanswered questions of his career. When he got on, uh, when he got on is fairly clear. It was sometime between 1954, like when he started to take money. Uh, when he when it was declared his net worth was eleven thousand twenty five dollars as this Senate yeah. worker, right, with someone who works in Senate. Um, and then in 1957, he claimed it was $84,133. Oh, that's a big leap. His Senate salary in those two years was $9,000 and $12,000 for 500 respectively, because wow. he had two positions there. In February 1963, his salary was 19600 but his claimed net worth was $2,256,855 on his taxes. His financial statement was featured by an impressive portfolio of stock and real estate holdings and by some equally impressive bank debts in cities as far away as Dallas and Oklahoma City, like that loan, right? Wow. So he was using a lot of the information that he was getting working there to do investments, to get people to give him loans, right? The most wow. daring of his exploits revealed to date was his negotiation negotiation of a 15-day phantom loan of $100,000 from a local bank to beef up the assets of his Maryland motel. He owned a motel in Maryland so that he could qualify for a government disaster loan. The $100,000 was a bookkeeping fiction, but Mr. Baker and his partners got the government loan. <gasps> So they took a lot of what? their things, like like even just the company to to function based on people getting government funding, like everything was just siphoning off what that government racket. money and how what to start a, a business just to take the government money. Wow. Yeah. And nothing ever came of those things. 
Can so we get government money for this podcast? Yes. That would be Who nice. Who do we write to? What teat do I have to suckle yeah. <laughs> to get this? Even though Lyndon Johnson was not involved in Baker's business dealings after 1960, the Senate investigation looked into their questionable financial activities in the 1950s. So, you know, now everybody's going to be under the spotlight, especially anybody close to Baker. There was such a pro- This was such a problem for Johnson that there were rumors he would be dropped off the 1964 presidential ticket. Ooh. But with the assassination of John F. Kennedy on November 22nd, 1960, 63, the Senate investigation was delayed. There, thereafter, any investigation of Lyndon Johnson, Johnson as part of the Baker investigation was dropped. Convenient, yeah. Johnson. Baker, yeah. is this part of the Kennedy conspiracy? I'm telling you, Ooh. I was thinking the same thing. Hmm. Baker, however, <laughs> was convicted of tax invasion and spent 18 months in prison. In the 1964 presidential election, the Republican candidate kept bringing these things up, you know, that he was convicted yeah. and what about this? And Johnson had to like, you know, defend oh, himself. please. Johnson probably was like, shut up. Yeah. So here's a bit of a side <laughs> scandal. So because of the girlfriend thing, because of the mistresses and all the girls that Kennedy was like getting through this club, um, God, Hoover was Kennedy. like wanted to investigate all this. So according to author Evan Thompson. Slow down, Kennedy. Oh, Jesus. Dick. According to author Evan Thompson, <laughs> Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, President Kennedy's younger brother, was able to arrange a deal with J. Edgar Hoover to quell mention of Ellen Romench. Uh, allegations in the Senate investigation of Bobby Baker. Hoover successfully limited the Senate investigation of Baker by threatening to release embarrassing information about senators contained in FBI files. Hoover was a fucking dirty bitch. Well, hey. (laughs) She's like, I got the goods. I'm going to use it. Yeah. In exchange for this favor, Robert Kennedy assured Hoover that his job as FBI director was secure. Oh, my God. See, this is the... Yep. This is, this is you know, the room where it happened. Yeah. 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 This is how the sausage Helping each other. Even though they don't fucking like this guy, they're going to let this whole thing happen. Yeah. Robert Kennedy also agreed... To allow the FBI to proceed with wiretaps that Hoover had requested on Martin Luther King Jr. <gasps> to try to prove King's close confidence and advisors were communists. Oh my God. Yep, throw, let's throw the black guy under the fucking bus too. That they would be wow. in public, walking with him, talking, you know. Meanwhile, they're allowing this shit to happen. Wow. Yeah. Although Kennedy only gave written approval for limited wiretapping of King's phones quote, on a trial basis for a month or so, end quote, how Hoover extended the clearance so his men were unshackled to look for evidence in any areas of King's life they deemed worthy. I hate everything so much. I know. So in the end, uh, 1978, he co-authored a memoir entitled Wheeling and Dealing uh, with Larry L. King that I mentioned earlier. I mean, oh my God. I don't know any of these players because it was not when I was really, you know, obviously alive, but... But I think that what you read, I would love to read this about some of these guys today. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh. He um, retired to Florida and became, or he moved to Florida and became a successful real estate agent. And he died on his birthday in 2017 in St. Augustine, Florida. I always I, find that Me so too. Weird. That's why I mentioned it. I was like, oh, his birthday. That's so fucking wild. Yeah. Isn't it? It's so weird. Lived exactly 89 years. Yeah. So weird. Anyway, that's the wow. 101st Senator, Baba Baker. Bobby Baker. I wonder, like, were he and Johnson still buddies, like, after Ooh, he got out of jail? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Or was Johnson, like, get the hell away from me? Where's that son of a bitch? <laughs> I heard you're the son of a bitch I need to know. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Yes. Hey, I'm Lauren. And I'm John. And we host the Beard Out Podcast. 
podcast where we talk about two of the greatest things in the world, beer and Weird Al. And a lot of other things. We're funny. Uh, yeah, that's basically what I told him to say. Good job with your I script. Listen. Yay. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, we try and pair a beer with a Weird Al song and talk about both things and go where the conversation takes us. It's fun. I promise. You'll like it. Yeah. I mean, if you like talking about random things as well as, you know, fine craft beers and some wonderful craft music. Okay, today, mm -hmm, I'm going to tell you the story of the Native American occupation of Alcatraz. Ooh. I wanted to do something just to kind of, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. Yes, and I, just, I love to this. acknowledge that, you know, it was a genocide. And Ooh. I think it's lovely to give thanks with your family, but I feel like we still have to acknowledge that it's a terrible... We're sitting land. stolen yeah, land. We're yeah, sitting, standing yeah. on stolen land. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so indigenous groups in America had their land brutally taken from them mm. by colonizers. But in 1969, Native American activists fought to reclaim some land. Nice. Yeah, this is an interesting little story. So our story takes place in the San Francisco Bay of California in mm. 1969. And I'm going to give you a little background on stolen land and a little bit of background on Alcatraz. Okay. All right, so Native I would love to go there, by the way. I've never been to San Francisco, <gasps> never been to Alcatraz. I've never been to Alcatraz. I And when I was in California, I never made it to San Francisco. Oh, and I would love God. to go there, too. Me too. <gasps> Podcast trip. Tina, please. We always say that, but we never do it. <laughs> I know. We need to, like. That would be a good <gasps> trip. That would be, like, so fun. <gasps> okay, so. I want to ride a trolley. <gasps> I need rice a -roni. And go to the Grateful Dead house. Yes! Hey, <laughs> Float, bitch. Float. Oh, my God. Yes. So Native Americans had land stolen from America since the beginning of colonization. Mm. And an essay by, uh, it was on this site called Aeon, um, by Claudio Sant, frames the story of colonization as the invasion of America, which I think is really appropriate. And Absolutely. I think that we can change some of the language in the way that we talk about this stuff, and it's okay. Mm. It doesn't mean that you know, you and I currently are horrible human beings, right? Because these things happen here, but I, we need to acknowledge it. Absolutely. So, um, I just, I feel like we never talk about what happened. It's always sort of like, here's the story of Thanksgiving and we don't get the real history. I think that also we should do an episode where we do like pre-trail of tears and then like oh, after trail of tears that would be or something like that something like that would be good you yeah. know what i mean we would do a cover the whole thing because it is really really oh, there's so many there's, there's a lot stories yeah. yeah so son also notes that from 1776 until present day about 1.5 billion billion acres of land has been taken holy so shit. to put that in perspective son states that it's the equivalent to 25 times the size of the uk holy cow that's a lot of land. Yeah. It's incredible. So I posted his article. So if shameful. anyone wants to delve into sort of the rest, it's really fascinating, his article and mm. how he talks about the genocide. Um, an article on PBS News by Kira Kay and Jason Maloney explained that laws also contributed to stolen lands. And in fact, from 1877 to 1934, there were laws and even treaties that the U.S. reneged on that led to the appropriation of acres and acres of land. So there was all of this, you know, shadiness happening in the way treaties were being formed. And then they were like, oh, we have this treaty. And then they would, you know, go back on their word and not honor the treaties. And 
you know, it's just really despicable. It's despicable. And the article did note that there is currently a movement for indigenous groups to reclaim mm. some of the land that they've lost, but it's often like they have to purchase that land. Oh my God. And I wish there was a way to give more of this land back, like without, you know, um, groups trying to have to purchase it. It's ridiculous. You know? Um, and I would imagine that they would treat these lands much better than we do in respect to like climate change and, you know what I mean? Oh and my like, God, I, I just, it. it wouldn't be, it would be a very different America, mm. you know? All right. So that was a very, 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 very brief background. Um, and then I just wanted to talk about Alcatraz. So most folks Ooh. know that Alcatraz was a penitentiary, right? So, um. And according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, it was a maximum security prison. Uh, and for those who may not know Alcatraz, the prison was on Alcatraz Island, mm. which is situated in the San Francisco Bay. So the prison, according to that article, was intended at first to be a naval defense. Mm. And in 1861, it was a place where military criminals were housed and even like resistors and things like that. Like that's where they would place people. And it remained a military prison until 1933. And then they switched it over to a civilian okay. prison. And from 1934 until the doors closed in 1963, it was a federal prison. And that's where, you know, a lot of the famous people that we know were there. A lot of mobsters, Al Capone, Machine Gun Kelly. And there was also like the famous Birdman of Alcatraz. Yes. And I was like, oh, I forgot God. about the Birdman of Alcatraz. And... This guy, just a side note, because I thought it was interesting. It's this guy, his name was Robert Stroud, and he was a murderer and a writer. Mm. And while he was in the prison, he was in Leavenworth at first, he started raising and breeding birds. Like, that was what he did there. And he, um, that's how he got the moniker, the bird man. Yeah. And then when he was transferred to Alcatraz, like, they didn't let him bring any of the birds or any of the equipment no. or do it. And he was like, like that was it. Like he was known as like a famous, I forget what the word is like it or ornithologist, something like that. Like for people who study birds, mm. isn't that weird? Like yes. he just like became this thing, but he was a murderer. So, but they're like, sorry, you can't have your hobby. You're in prison. And so anyway, that's the bird man. Jesus. So how do these two things go together? Right. Oh. Um, prior to the U S using it as a military prison, the Island was an indigenous island. Oh, so man. So they took that island from, oh my God. you know, um, and it was used at the time for like fishing and hunting and all of that. And so uh, that's why uh, the folks involved in this wanted to lay claim to the island. So the major incident, according to Ryan Markell's documents on the occupation, in 1969, members of the Native American movement or um, I also saw it referred to as the Indians of all tribes, the IAT, and I'll just mm. refer to them as the IAT, uh, decided to occupy Alcatraz to make a statement on the political, economical, and social neglect of the United States government to indigenous groups. Mm. So when um, the indigenous activists took hold of Alcatraz, Adam Fortunate Eagle of the Ojibwa Nation presented a proclamation which read in part, quote, we, the Native Americans, reclaim the land known as Alcatraz Island in the name of all American Indians by right of discovery. We wish to be fair and honorable in our dealings with the Caucasian inhabitants of this island and hereby offer the following treaty. Mm. We will purchase said Alcatraz Island for $24 in glass beads and red cloth, a precedent set by the white man's purchase of a similar island about 300 years ago. 
We know that $24 in trade goods for these 16 acres is more than what was paid when Manhattan Island was sold. But we know that land values have risen over the years. Our offer of $1.24 per acre is greater than the $0.47 per acre the white men are now paying the Californian Indians for their land. Whoa. Like, Like, and it was like longer, but I'm like, yes. Holy shit. Right? So they're like, this is what you bought our land for. We're going to do the same. This is what we offer you. So Markle's resources also note that the IAT claimed that they had the right to the land. And I thought this was really interesting because of an 1868 treaty. And it was called the Treaty of Fort Laramie, which stated that any abandoned federal lands, Mm. right, which are no longer in use, would be returned to indigenous folks. Oh, shit. So they're like, hey, this is brilliant, right? Like they were using this as a prison. Yeah. The prison closed 1963. No one is using that anymore. It's federal land. Mm -hmm. That should go back to us. And so they like get on a boat and they start heading to the islands. But the Coast Guard comes, right? Oh, God damn it. Yeah. So um, as early as 1964, because remember, it closes in 1963. And as early as 1964, some of them occupy Alcatraz for a number of hours, um, but they get kicked off by the Coast Guard. And then again, on November 9th, 1969, Coast Guard uh, removes them again, but they didn't give up. So on November 20th, about 80 members of the IAT roll into the island and they stayed. And these folks like brought their families. It was like, Dang. it was like, you know, husbands, wives, children, yeah. like all these people. They're like, we're good, going to the good, island, good. right? Yes. And they wanted to create something wonderful there. Their plan was to build a Native American study center Ooh. along with a museum, a spiritual center and more. And they even started like a monthly newsletter that they would send out about like what's happening uh, on the island. Okay. I'm here for this. Yeah. And one of the leaders, Richard Oakes, who was like really uh, a really well-known at at the time um, um, uh, Native American activist, and he sent a message to the San Francisco Department of the Interior that stated, quote, we invite the United States to acknowledge the justice of our claim. The choice now lies with the leaders of the American government to use violence upon us as before to remove us from our great spirit's land or to institute a real change in its dealing with the American Indian. We do not fear your threat to charge us with crimes on our land. We and all other oppressed peoples would welcome spectacle of proof before the world of your title by genocide. Mm. Nevertheless, we seek peace. Jesus. So the government, of course, doesn't do the right thing. Oh, um, no. They instead, they try to like flush them out. So they, what? yeah, like they cut power for, you know, on the electrical grid, um, then they cut the phone lines. So now, you know, you don't have power. Like, your water's not clean. Like, you know, there are all the sort of ramifications of what the happened. Fuck? You know, it's like, what assholes? Just leave them alone. Leave Who them gives alone? A shit? You're not even fucking using You're it. You're not there. Fuck Six, off. It's 16 acres? These motherfuckers. Like, seriously, 16 acres? That's like, I mean, that's not... Give me a break. You haven't taken enough? You haven't done enough? Like, what assholes? Holy shit, dude. Uh, so <laughs> we're the worst. I know, we are the worst. I mean, worst. it just never gets better. Like, it's just, it just let never them have gets the better. Island. Yeah. God mm-hmm. damn it. Mm-mm. So they have no power, no clean water. And then at one point a fire like started on the Island and that destroyed like a ton of buildings and like, they just want sovereignty. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. Well, so, maybe they feel, maybe the government feels like if they give them one, all right, let them have it. That this will happen all over the place, right. it which should. it should. <laughs> yeah, it should. It should. Yeah. Oh my god. 
And then things kind of started going awry, like for other reasons too. Um, money was coming in, but according to a New York Times article by David Truer, there was little sense in the beginning of like how to allocate the funds. So like people were like donating money mm. and you know, it's like, well, who's in charge? Like, is it Oaks? Is it other people? Mm. Like, how are we spending this money? You oh, know, no, okay. so they got to kind of iron that stuff out and they start to figure things out. Eventually they started a school, they mm. established a communal life where they cooked clean, planned work together and like, you know, had everybody kind of had their task. Um, but eventually because of the lack of resources and power and water and all of that, more and more folks left the island, mm. right? And just kind of gave it up. Dang. And after 18 months of occupation, so they were there in like a year and a half. That's a long time. That's a long time. The remaining folks, there were 15, like the, the Coast Guard goes in and removes them. So. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. I saw it on, um, you know, I it was like either, it was like before uh, Thanksgiving, there mm. was someone I was like, oh, I should cover this because it was interesting. So the only positive thing out of this was that attention was drawn to the issues of indigenous folks and what they faced. And Truer made an interesting comment noting that, you know, indigenous people are the most visible, invisible minority. Mm. And I thought that was like really interesting that they're the most visible, invisible minority in that like folks know about indigenous people, but maybe they've never interacted mm. or had much contact with that community at all. And I think about that, like for myself, I was like, yeah, we live in Florida and there are so many different tribes here. And, you know, I think we unfortunately still have like this depiction that the media has provided about Native American culture. You know what I mean? That yeah. there's still that disconnect and it, it, they are very visible, but like, it's like, wait a minute. No, like I really don't know anything. There, you should take your boys you out know? to, there's a Seminole museum that is incredible it's out in the middle of the Everglades, but it's so fucking cool. You yeah. really should go out there and check it out. Yeah. Oh, my God. So in 1969, uh, Nixon created the self-determination without termination policy, recognizing that tribal lands deserved autonomy, mm. meaning like the U.S. can't mess with them. And that's where, you know, like okay. our police can't go in there. And okay. You know, this and yes. that. And he signed H.R. 471 into law where 48,000 acres of land were returned to indigenous folks. So Nixon kind of recognized like the climate and like Jesus. what was happening. And then the other thing that sort of happened as a result of this occupation were, again, the attention drawn. So universities across the country start studying Native American culture, Native oh, American literature. This is good. And, um, you know, looking at the movement and looking at the occupation and what that means. So that, you know, that was good as well, that mm -hmm. like we start thinking about what's happening in a different way. On the 50th anniversary, the original occupiers or their relatives repainted a welcome sign on the island, and the Park Service is even considering having a permanent Native American cultural center. Mm. I mean, it only took 50 years. Um, thousands and thousands of visitors still go to that island each year. Obviously, they go to see the prison, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, I would imagine still oh, cool. And there's I'd like this, I, I think there's like this famous lighthouse there, too. Yeah, jeez. Um, but... Having a cultural center too that would highlight, I think that would be a really yeah. amazing thing to have for folks Jesus. to engage in. Everywhere we walk in this country, it should be like, here's who lived here. Yeah. Here's the indigenous thing that right. happened here. Like, yeah, uh, it should, we should, should never be far from our, our, our mind. Yeah. You know? And I, and I feel like it's not dealt with enough. No. Well, so another thing I found inspiring was an interview with Mark Charles by Charles Chavez for PBS on the 52nd anniversary of the occupation. 
And Mark Charles is Navajo and he's a writer and he basically writes about American history and the impact of that history on indigenous folks. And in that interview, he said, quote, we are the host people of this land and we have to step into our role as the host. This is where I tell our native peoples, we actually have something that our colonizers can't steal. They can't take, they can't commandeer. They can't even buy it, which is legitimacy in these lands. Mm. They tried to conquer, they tried to colonize, and we're still here. Wow. So a fun fact, that guy, Mark Charles, he ran for president in 2020. Really? And I was like, what? I don't even remember hearing about him. God, we probably don't even get half these people you know? on our ballot. Yeah. But I was like, we should have him on Lil Muck. Well, that'd be a Wouldn't good idea. Be interesting? Yes. <laughs> so Tina. I got to find out yeah. like, his info. So some points of interest. Um, one thing I loved was that on uh, Thanksgiving Day in 1969, hundreds of folks showed up in support of the occupation, mm. which I thought was cool. And then they were... Um, one other thing that was awful that happened during the occupation, and this sort of like led to things kind of falling apart too, was in 1970, a 13-year-old girl fell to her death. Um, it was Yvonne Oaks, and remember Richard Oaks was like the main yeah. guy. So the Oaks family left the island because it was too much, Holy obviously. Holy shit. Um, the island had what was called Unthanksgiving Day, <laughs> and visitors can go at sunrise to attend uh, a ceremony, and I think they still do it. Uh, the band Credence Clearwater Revival okay. donated $15,000 for a boat um, nice. to help them out. So like a lot of like, you know, famous people at the time uh, were trying to help the cause. Oh my God. My dad used to love that band. Really? Oh my God. Yes. Credence? Yes. Just like, um, uh, yes. what's his name from uh, the Big Lebowski? Oh my the dude. God. Uh, he, I got my Credence you. tapes. We used, to, we used to listen to that. <laughs> uh, oh my God. And, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. So, and finally, my favorite thing from this story is the logbook. Oh. So I thought this was really cool. So there was a logbook and visitors to the island over that 18 month period wrote in it and it's in a museum. So it's like people just like, you know, oh, some people man. like signing their names. So then people go and they're like, oh my God, my, my relative was here. And then other famous people that had gone to the yeah. island and there's like doodles in it and Things like that. And you can view it virtually online now. Cool. So I put the link to it. Yeah. And I took like a screenshot for our um, uh, Insta. And more than 3,000 people signed that logbook and activists, Man. like famous activists at the time and other folks. And one entry reads, quote, we are about to leave for Alcatraz, maybe for the last time, mm. to this beautiful little island, which means a little something, which no one will ever understand my feelings. Oh, Isn't that so sweet? And that's it. That's the story. Oh my God, Tina. So good. Yeah. I had no idea. I know. I didn't either. But of course it like, belonged to indigenous people. Hello. What the fuck? Yes. It all has. It everything all does. Has. Yeah. Oh, fucking worst. I hate everything. We're the worst. We are the worst things. We are the worst things to happen to everything. Like we tear everything up. We destroy the ecosystem of everywhere we go. I mean, you know, I've always had my feelings about like America, et cetera. Like this podcast just like cements it for me every week where I'm just like, we're fucking assholes. I know. Like just complete Ugh. dicks. It's just, it's awful. It is. What, what is, is wrong? wrong? What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? I don't know. I don't know. It's so <sighs> fucked up. I hate everything. But it's so, it's, I know, but it's so human uh, though too. Like yeah. there's something about that white supremacy is a hell of a drug. Uh, you know what I mean? 
Like to think Jesus. that you can come onto land where people are actually living. How do we get people to Meanwhile, go like cold turkey for like uh, white supremacy? We got to find a way. We can I don't get know. people, you know, we try to get people clean off drugs. Can we help people like deprogram them? Yeah, there's a way. Is there? Yeah, sure. There's a way to do it. <sighs> Some people are too deep into it. Yeah. But when you realize that acknowledging those things doesn't take away anything about you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't lessen who you are. It's just, you have to be open to feeling. It's weird. It's weird. How fucked up it all is. <sighs> Um, but to acknowledge it is not a bad thing to acknowledge it is a good thing because that's how things will change. Yes. Just like speaking out about the party and all that stuff. Like that's how shit changes. Yeah. We have to talk about it. It's been, God, it was in the paper today. It's unfucking believable. It, it was, it really was talking about, it was Steve Boschetti wrote a whole thing about how the Democrat party needs to start building anew, And it starts this session. Like with the, they talked about Hillary Cassell, you know, yeah. who we've had on the podcast, but you know, it's been 20 years of this. It's yeah. been 20 years of, like, he actually kind of pinpoints the moments when it happened. Like, I think the guy's name was the Republican um, Party leader here was named Tom Powers, I think. Like, his specific campaign and, and getting Jeb Bush elected kind of cemented how it was now going to go forward. And what's been happening in 20 years and how Democrats have lost it and, and how Democrat Republicans then gained power and have held on to it. And it's not just one specific leader right now. It's 20 years of watching it all slip away and never coming up with a plan to stop it. Ugh. And and at any time you can start. Yeah. Any moment. Take take the mo take that moment to start. We got to figure something out in this state. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to fucking blame uh redistricting. Which <laughs> by the way, they did a whole thing. There's a whole article about that. It's like the smallest percentage you could imagine actually affected voting. Like nothing. Because people didn't come out to vote. Oh, yeah. So it didn't matter. <laughs> so it didn't matter. But when the Florida Democratic Party's uh, like, oh, no, that's because they were redid. The Republicans redistrict. And now all these pe Dems lost their power. No, 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 no. Dems didn't vote. <laughs> like, we have more well, Democrats can here. Can you imagine? Like, like stop like, blaming everything else. But stop blaming everything else. You didn't do your fucking job. By the way, I, I meant to tell you this, too. I had retweeted something that Billy Corbin, who he's oh, a yeah, big yeah, filmmaker, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He put up this screenshot, and it was... Um, I thought, and so did other people, that the the county chairs for the Florida Democratic Party, all the counties, the chair, the chairs for them, like the people that we talked about before, took a vote of no confidence for Manny Diaz, and it was yes, seventy nine percent voted yes for no confidence vote, right? Oh. And I was like, holy oh, they shit, did? right? I was, I like, don't remember hearing. That. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this. And I commented like, well, how many county chairs voted this way to get the heat off of them when they did nothing for two years, right? So. Turns out, so a reporter reached out to me to comment on an article he's writing about that vote. And then when I got finally, when I was like, I was out of town. So when I finally got back to him, he was like, he's like, uh, you know, it turns out I'm not going to write the article because what it, what Billy Corbin had screened, someone had sent him, they're not meeting till December 5th, the county chairs with Manny Diaz to talk about the election because it's only a month, <laughs> a month ago. And, you know, if it, the Dems know nothing but how to when waste fucking wait, time. When are they meeting? December 5th. Why? Because that's when their next meeting, by the way, their next meeting was supposed to be a few days after the election. They postponed it because there was so much heat on them, right? That's the time that you yeah. do it. But that's the, the but, time that you do yeah, it. That's right. But the vote that was taken was a straw poll to see where, where they were sitting. So they don't even have the fucking, let's see what happens December 5th. I don't want to talk out of turn. Let's see what happens. But it was a straw poll, which doesn't even count. No. It doesn't even count. Are they going to do it on the day? I will see. 
And that's when he'll write that article is like, he'll see, you know, what the actual vote is going to be. So it wasn't a real vote of no confidence. It was a straw poll to see where people are sitting. That's a lot different than how someone's going to vote day of like a real vote. And you know what? And then I'm, then I propose a real vote of no confidence on the county chairs. Cause I want to see how many of you motherfuckers are trying to pass the buck because that you're, that's not your job. Your job is to fucking make shit happen and let us know what's going on and you don't fucking do it. I'm so fucking tired of it. Ooh. So bored. You're boring me already. <laughs> you know? Uh, and the rest of us are suffering for it. It's too much. I, I, it's like. Losers. Bunch of fucking losers. <sighs> it's exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. And guess what? <laughs> the fucking new speaker of the house. This fucking prick. I don't even remember his name right now. <laughs> the new Florida speaker gives it. Oh. They get sworn in this week. He gives a speech. It is days after Colorado Springs where a uh, trans uh, a transgender woman stomped the shit out of yeah. that speaker. Yeah. Right? Or speaker, or excuse me. <laughs> Shooter. Yeah. Shooter. That was a miss. That was a slip. And he stood on the Florida House floor and talked about drag shows and indoctrinating children. Wow. I don't understand. That's what's going to happen these next two like, years. I, Get ready, Florida. Get ready. It's coming. It's I, happening. I don't get it. I don't get They are it. going to, they have the super majority These are and the they same. are going to fuck us hard, hard. It's I happening. Mean, they're talking about like grooming and sexualizing, right? Young children. These are the same people that take their kids to restaurants like Hooters, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Or put, that, put and, guns and, and, in their hands for Christmas cards. Oh my God. That stupid, remember what's her face? Lauren Boebert yeah. in front of a Christmas tree. And didn't, she said something stupid about like if Jesus if Jesus had a gun he wouldn't have been crucified <laughs> and it's like the whole fucking point of the religion is that he's crucified <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> then he could get on his dinosaur and gallop away yeah. you he's fucking supposed dumb to bitch. die he's supposed yeah. to be crucified that's the whole point of your religion that's how you keep people fucking riled up is he fucking died for, for your, your sins? sins? Oh my, but he's going to be there with the AK, like tearing down the Roman soldiers. Make it's the that stupidest movie. thing. Make that movie. Can you? Oh open? God, it's so hot. Like this, this how dumb she is, is so hot. I, I it's don't so understand it. How dumb she is. I, don't, I can't take it. I don't understand it. Any I don't fucking person, any normal person <laughs> says that. In a fucking story, you'd be in a fucking conversation. I'd be like, what? What is wrong? With oh my God, this is fascinating. Yeah. She's fascinating as a human being. If She's an Jesus elected. had a gun. Yeah. Oh, what? You crucified. know what? Make the movie, <laughs> write the story. One and then oh, happens. Yeah, what happens? The whole world <laughs> would be different. The whole world would be different. You're right, bitch. Give uh, him a fucking rewrite that history. Oh my God. Holy shit. <laughs> But you know it would be like a Rambo Jesus. Yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> it Believe would be me, Rambo if I look Jesus. up Rambo Jesus on Google, there's a picture. There's a fucking picture. I mean, there's a Rambo like Jesus oh truck picture somewhere. Rambo like, Jesus. Holy shit. With a strapped AK. If only and God his had an robes. AK. If Jesus only had a fucking AK-47, AK AR-15, the world would be a better place. You're right, bitch. You're oh right. My God. It's I mean, I would much. say the same thing about indigenous people. If white man landed on this land and indigenous people had AR-15, yeah. the world would look yeah. a lot fucking different yeah, right now, honey. <laughs> oh my God. They're the stupidest. You dumb <laughs> bitch. 
<laughs> what is it like to be that stupid? I don't know. That's the, that's what I'm fascinated with. I just want to sit know. down with her, but not too close because she knows she's no. caring. And like have a real conversation <laughs> and just sit like this. Yeah. Like I'm so fascinated by how dumb she is. And I hate talking about women like that. I really, it no. really upsets me. And she's like, an idiot. Yeah. And and is like, does she genuinely believe that? She's that yes! stupid, right? No, yes, and she it's like, is. It's like it's like not the like same a- way I talk to myself in the mirror and talk to myself in the car and I'm trying to like work out how, my thoughts on some fucking political thing. Like, where do I stand yeah. on this? How do I, how am I going to frame no this thing when I yeah. talk about it on the podcast? How am I going to be like, how can I make this funny? Like trying to work through my thoughts. This idiot's doing the same fucking thing. And at some point she was like, oh, I wonder if, if I wish Jesus, Jesus had a had gun. A gun. <laughs> I'm going to bring that up on Twitter and see what people think. Can you imagine? Because they really like me on there. Rambo Jesus. Do you think like Rambo Jesus has a halo over his head? Rambo Jesus. (laughs) That's the title. Rambo Jesus with like, is it? Josh. (laughs) Rambo Jesus with a crown of thorns or a halo. Yeah. Uh, But like total Rambo body. Yeah. And like the Rambo, like the, the Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Like, you know how Jesus yeah. is always like this? Like he's about to do this. Oh, yeah. So one hand's like this, another hand's on the AK-47. Like he's about to fucking do this, yeah. but he's also like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> Did she really say that? I have listened the whole podcast is us just discussing this oh fucking God. shit. Wait. This is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Uh, I'm going to look it up right now. I mean, you could really say that about any moment in time in history. Oh yeah, if here it is. So wait, so wait, had an here AK-47. it is. Bobert, Bobert. Uh, okay. Jesus didn't have enough AR-15s. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> to quote, he also had no shoes. To quote, I mean, keep his government from killing him. <laughs> <laughs> what well, did his government have done? The oh, Romans fucking strung him up. What are we Romans, talking about? Man. That wasn't his government, bitch. Oh, my God. He was a brown Jew. <laughs> Jesus was a brown-skinned Jew. <laughs> I mean. Bitch. Oh my God. She's so stupid. I mean, put a Santa Claus hat on him. That's oh how she feels God. about him. Like he's this, but he's, she's the one that stood. Remember it was her and her children. I putting yeah. those guns in her children's hand in front of a Christmas tree. It's like there's <laughs> meanwhile, her husband's whipping out his dick teenagers <laughs> at the bowling alley. Like he, she, she's so upset. Oh she's so obsessed God. with like Jesus having a gun and like the ideas of what she, her wild fucking shit. Yeah. Her husband's like, can someone touch my dick at the bowling alley? Cause my <laughs> white wife's obsessed with Jesus and a fucking gun. Oh my god! Oh, I bet their sex is kinky as fuck. I bet I mean, there's all kinds them. of shit happening. Let there. them do their thing, but I mean, stop, yeah, stop talking about guns. Oh my god, they're obsessed with them. Ugh. What do you? Um, what do you? What do you think it's like to have sex with a gun like on the fucking nightstand? No, like, that's got to be wild too. Yeah, right? No, <laughs> I don't. I hate guns. I don't want. Me guns too. It scares the shit out of but me. But you know what's interesting? I have now been hearing. <laughs> But I, maybe I'd go to church if yeah. God had, was standing there with Jesus with a gun. I'd if be there, like, if all, right. if there are statues and yeah. like, yeah, so they're going to redo all he the looks statues. powerful. And the, the stained glass yeah. windows. It's like, <laughs> with like massacre scenes. Oh my God. <laughs> like Jesus on a tank fucking yeah. with a gun, like coming into town. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't fall with the cross. He doesn't fall with the, the cross three times. He stops to reload three yeah, times. Yeah. That's what he does. <laughs> the Pope's got like a like a belt of grenades when he's holding hosting Christmas mass. Oh my Holy god! Holy shit! It's so stupid. What a dumb motherfucker! <laughs> what a dumb motherfucker! <laughs> Holy! I cannot stop. I know. I don't even know when she said that. I think she said that. Uh, let's see. Who cares? If I she know, said that at seven, I think it's genius. It's so she's fucking a dumb, insane. Dumb. 
All right. Well, All right, Rambo genius, Jesus. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. That's, that's going to be our Christmas cards. Oh, <laughs> my God. The family members I'll hear oh from. My I God, can't wait. so funny. Oh, All right. All right. Well, I guess that's it. That's it. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please go to our website, www.themuckpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast and on our Twitter at Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support with exclusive content, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.